0: Um, I've been thinking about this verse for at least a week. And the verse is, overcome evil with good. And what I think is happening with Christians, politics, who we're choosing to vote for, etc. We're trying to overcome evil with evil. And no matter how much evil we're trying to overcome, which is a good thing, we want to overcome evil. We can't do it with evil. (laughs) It's it's just not God's (laughs) ways. (laughs) God doesn't operate that way. Uh, uh, What is it that the end justifies the means is not uh, biblical. It's it's, it's just not the way God operates. We have to overcome evil with good. And we're at a stalemate basically politically. And I think God is allowing this because we've put too much faith into politics instead of prayer, Bible study, church attendance, whatever it might be, spiritual Mm -hmm. disciplines. So God's trying to get our attention.
1: Do you think people realize that? No. Do you think people realize that they think that (laughs) politics and politicians and— you know, government, do you think they realize that they're putting too much emphasis into it, put too much trust, too much?
0: I think the God of this world has us blinded. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you you talked about lordship. And I mean, it relates to salvation. Romans, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. That's kind of part of salvation there. Mm -hmm. But we are confessing whoever our favorite candidate is as Lord. Yeah. And, and yeah, in some sense, there's kings and lords out there, and Jesus is the king of kings and lord of lords, but we're really confessing them as lord. Mm-hmm. We're, we're
1: looking to them to
0: solve all our problems, and we're at a
1: stalemate. So um, I th- think you mentioned you know, that I had mentioned Jesus is lord, but that might have been one of the first two takes. So let <laughs> right, me say right, right. that again. Um, Jesus is lord. The idea with that is... You know, the early Christians in the Roman Empire was a really big deal to, as a, an inhabitant somewhere within the boundaries of this political entity, the, the Roman Empire, Roman state, uh, it was required that you would recognize Caesar as Lord, that you would worship him, that you would worship the state itself as, uh, as divine and recognize it and give it everything.
0: And don't we do that if we say christ you you're not a Christian if you don't vote for this party
1: well <laughs> yeah i I think that's that's part of it and people are doing that on both sides mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah and definitely. and that's what's been so frustrating for me um, we can talk a little bit more about that in a little bit I have some ideas the uh, congressional Christian caucus is is I think we actually need to we need to do that but so the Christians in the, in that moment when they're like, forced with uh, facing this question of, hey, uh, Caesar is Lord or you're dead. Mm-hmm. You know, they said defiantly in response, S- no, Caesar isn't Lord. Jesus is Lord. I mean, that phrase, Jesus is Lord, we throw it around and we think it's just this, oh, yeah, it's so sweet. Jesus is Lord and Jesus but is but my see, Lord. But see how over. it's
0: nuanced today is if this guy doesn't win, our country's doomed. Mm-hmm. We're dead. We're dead. Maybe, yeah. maybe we're not going to be uh, uh, on a stake and burning on a road yeah. to Rome. But we're, we're basically saying the same thing. We're dead. We can't accomplish anything. The, the gospel won't work. No, nothing good is going to happen if, if this person doesn't get
1: elected. Yeah. And I, I seem to remember <laughs> Jesus saying something about the gates of hell not mm-hmm. prevailing against the church. <laughs> look, look what
0: Jesus does. He lays down all his privileges, Philippians, the kenosis, you know, in fancy theological terms. He lays down all his privileges. He doesn't, uh, what's to say, he doesn't equate equality with God. He doesn't
1: uh, kind of something to grasp on. Something to grasp
0: for. He doesn't have to prove his divinity. He's not uh, bucking himself up. Uh, he, He lays aside all his privileges. And he and he's not concerned that people might think he's not God, yeah. Even though he is. And for, for many people, they they discover the humanity of Jesus first before they understand his divinity. He, he's just not into power trips, power posturing, titles. He he lays down his privileges. He says crazy stuff like you got to lose to win. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, and he actually uh, specifically. Uh left my Bible on the other side of the table there, but I think it's Matthew 20 where he says, you know that the leaders of the Gentiles lord it over them, mm-hmm. and uh, those in charge, they take authority and power, they take it by force, mm-hmm. it will, shall not be that way among you, for the right. one who will be greatest among you will be... Least and the the one will be first will be servant of all something like that. I'm butchering it. It's a paraphrase, Mm -hmm. but that's that's the Mm -hmm. idea. He literally says the way the world uses power and authority to get things done is not the way that it should be among my followers. Right. Um, I think that's so obvious in so many ways. And but I also uh, the reason I was saying like, do you think people realize it is that. You know, I know that a lot of what I'm saying now and what I think now is is something that took a while for me to kind of grasp. hmm. Uh, I was telling you a little bit about my my story. And, uh, you know, my grandfather, he was a Marine and. Uh, served in Korea, he was a, m- a medic and he uh, loved this country, fought for this country uh, he was a member of the, you know, sort of the grassroots organization for the the Republican Party in the county where mm-hmm. I grew up. They don't call them parishes out there. Right. In New York, <laughs> they call them uh, counties. So Suffolk County, Republican, whatever, you know, he was actively involved. I don't know exactly what his role was. Uh, but I do remember as a kid kind of going around with him at some point, like getting signatures or uh, – you know, handing things out or picking things up or I don't know what it was exactly. And, and he died like 25 years ago, so I can't really ask him. But but I remember that and I remember – and so I have this sense of, you know, patriotism. I really love America uh, probably more so than I should, you know, as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And I love the flag. I, I love, I, and, and my inclination politically is always kind of to, to revert back to that a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, conservatism, Republicanism. Even though, I know at some point, I, and I want to say it was it was during uh, G W Bush's years in office, mm-hmm. there was a point, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was when he was going up against Kerry in, two thousand four or shortly after that. But I just realized, like, wait, these guys, didn't, nobody really seems to want to get done what they what they say they want to get done. Because <laughs> he, he had not only the presidency, he had the Senate and the House, I believe, at some point. Mm-hmm. And there were all these grand plans that he had campaigned on. And I'm like, you got it. You literally got it. Why won't you do it?
0: <laughs> you know, just do oh, it. Oh, we could get into the Supreme Court. I mean— most of them have been picked by a certain philosophy, and the picks didn't do what they thought they were going to. Usually do. Usually, never. Yeah, it always
1: like right. We're we're fighting for this. I do think probably the last few are going to probably be what they said they were going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, just got a kind of a different. But it feeling. took a long time. But it's, it's taken yeah, decades. <laughs> it has taken a long time to get there. But I just remember feeling so disenchanted, and I remember being co- totally disengaged from it. For a really long time, and and I realized then at some point, really with only the last few years, that that I think if Christians in the first century, who couldn't vote, right, they couldn't vote at all, they 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 dare not speak out against their government mm-hmm. or the way their government worked, uh, or else they'd be thrown to the lions, and many of them were because of this Jesus is Lord thing. Mm-hmm. And yet, they literally took over the entire known world. I mean, they, <laughs> they took over the empire. Right. Within just a couple hundred years, it was a Christian empire.
0: Well, I'm glad you're bringing up history because I think what's going on today, the church has battled, battled with since the conver- conversion, so-called, of Constantine.
1: Oh yeah, well that's that's where I'm going next. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it. That was when, and I'd we like probably... to I'd
0: like to tie that discussion into Islam uh, when when you get a chance.
1: Sure, sure. Well, I mean, I don't know what you're thinking about Constantine, but mm-hmm. I kind of feel like that was when the church, ha- having <clears throat> developed plenty of influence over the world, mm-hmm. had this. I I don't know that they really had a choice, but Constantine kind of said, like, hey, uh, I'm going to be a Christian now. Mm -hmm. He has this vision, this dream where, Mm -hmm. you know, supposedly, I mean, I don't know, it's like 312 A.D., something like that, where he has this dream where he sees the cross and there's a a sign that says, conquer in this sign. You know, so words kind of across it. And and so he puts crosses on the shields of all the people that Mm -hmm. he's leading— the soldiers he's leading right, and they win the battle the next day or whenever it was. And so he's like, all right, I guess we're going to be Christians now because, you know, (laughs) but I feel like that was when the church actually having had so much success and, and so much influence and changing the world, they, they kind of gave it away. They actually zapped it of its power because now there are people that in order to get ahead in their world, had to jump on board the Christian bandwagon, whether or mm-hmm. not they actually believed, and and they were using it now for <clears throat> earthly goals that had nothing to do with what right. Jesus actually came here to do.
0: I, I, I like history, so I think there's two things that have happened historically that could relate to today. Uh, I had to write a paper once on, did, did Constantine help or hurt Christianity <laughs> in, in, in seminary? And I think Trump supporters, if they were in seminary, like I was, and they had this question and read these certain books, I think they would be more likely to write, it was beneficial that Constantine was converted to Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think the Biden supporters might be more of the students who wrote, it hurt Christianity for Constantine to be converted. Mm -hmm. And this is where I see the pro and cons of Constantine's conversion. Basically from Constantine all the way to the days of Martin Luther. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. uh, pagans and Muslims and, and all kind of people at, at the door of Europe. And, and, and they're going to attack and they're going to take over and change everything if they win. Mm-hmm. So you need a strong Constantine or whoever the leader was to, to stop this foreign invasion. Because they're going to slaughter you, they're going to enslave you, they're going to change everything. So the Catholic Church identifies closely to Constantine. And, you know, there's the Vatican City today. It's like its own autonomous country. And so they're very into uh, the Lord using government for for certain things. Mm-hmm. It might be different today. Uh, there's all kind of different variants of Catholicism. But historically, Catholic Church was very tied to Constantine, Christianity being a strong political military force, crusades, things like that, inquisitions.
1: Isn't it uh, Charlemagne in like 800? Holy Roman Empire. Where the mm-hmm. Pope at the time actually, it was a, essentially a power play, or it's viewed as that I think in history books, at least when I learned about it, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the Pope crowned the emperor Charlemagne. Right. And that was basically his way of saying, you serve us, <laughs> right? Like... You need me to to have your power. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really...
0: And they wrestled with each other. Sometimes the Pope is stronger. Sometimes the King is stronger. And But in general, they're working together.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's one philosophy. And there's some merit to it because when Islam spread in North Africa, Middle East, certain places, it wiped out Christianity. Yeah. There, there was a rich history of Christianity and in many countries, and Islam totally wiped it out. Yeah. So there is some legitimacy legitimacy to a just war and um, you know just God working through politics and politicians and things like that but at the same time if the gospel is so blurred together with politics and the kingdoms of men it also causes people to turn away from Christ Mm -hmm. and today it's very difficult to witness to many people in the world because of the inquisitions and crusades and so forth so there is an alternative, which is uh, historically the Orthodox churches. I- I'm going before Protestant. There's no Protestants, really. Mm-hmm. There's Catholics. There's Orthodox. So that's all I can talk about for these times. So the Orthodox churches had a little different bent. They were not as much sticklers for doctrine. When they describe the divinity of Jesus and certain things, when you read it at first, you're like, oh, I don't know if that's exactly legit. When you're reading the Bible, is that, is that some Buddhist influence, Hindu <laughs> influence? Because yeah, very... they were um, the minority, so they had to interact a lot more with different cultures.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So the Nestorian Christians, I think, had to interact the most, and I, th- I think they spread the furthest. Mm-hmm. They knew how to be all things to all people. They spread to China and all over Asia. But obviously, you have to teach good doctrine, or it leads to syncretism, and there's there's no Nestorians today. <laughs> well, they, they
1: deemed it a heresy at some point in the right. fourth or fifth century, right? right? right. So, but, <laughs> no but more Nestorians.
0: right? But initially, when I when I read a lot of their writings, I'm like, no, they're 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 believers. You know, may, maybe I don't agree with this part or this part here, but I think they're winning people to Jesus, and they're getting people to follow Jesus, and and it's pure. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not because of political dominance. It's more because of apologetics and writing books and uh, spiritual disciplines and just reflecting the Eastern life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, it, and it won hearts and souls and minds and, and, it, and it impacted academia and, and all kind of things back then. Christians were respected and influential and, and they weren't even the majority. They, they were yeah. making a, a big impact without needing military might, without being the majority, and the gospel is spreading. And I think you see that today. If you go to California, if you go to New York, it's pretty liberal. No Republican's going to win any statewide office. And if you look at the evangelicals in those states, they're, they're more all things to all people. You can, you can hear it in their preaching, mm-hmm. in their books. They're trying to find a way to preach the gospel in a place that's not the Bible Belt. Yeah, in the Bible Belt, you can be a little more uh, direct. You can be a little more confrontational. You 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 dominate more of the cultural centers of power. You you can just say things yeah. that you can't in other places. But just because you can say things, are we really really winning people to Christ, <laughs> or are yeah. we turning people away from Christ? So the 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 Orthodox churches were not wiped out. They they spread, and. Uh, I think they teach us how to be uh, a good minority when we're not the majority. So ba- basically God can work either way. If, 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 if who we want in office wins, there's, there's some benefits to that. But if, if we don't win, th- there's also some benefits. Th- there might be a, a pure type of Christianity we're, we're not really thinking of. And that's what Jesus demonstrated. He, he, he gave up his privileges so that he could help the powerless and and nobody's mad at Jesus today. Very few people. Yeah, people love Jesus, whether they're Christians or not.
1: Yeah, that that's very true. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, it's uh, I I think that's what a lot of folks struggle with is that I think you and I are making the assumption that you know Christians are essentially we either are or we're going to be a minority, and I think that's actually what people are most upset about i don't know like there's a mm-hmm. oh know fear
0: is a fear of power loss for yeah sure. i mm-hmm.
1: i don't know if they realize that or if they think <clears throat> about it but you know i've always felt like as a christian i've been a minority you know you talk about growing up and mm-hmm. doing ministry in some of these other places yeah i've i'm from new york i'm from long island i don't i didn't ever feel like being a christian or being a church goer you know that i had a lot of people around me that affirmed that that supported that right. i have almost always lived in places where most and, and i think that's just true more and more every day that mm-hmm. most people on sunday morning are not in church mm-hmm. and uh, even people that aren't in church that might say they're christians you know it's like eh, i'm pretty sure you don't know much about christianity or your faith or doesn't seem like it's that all that important to you and, and, so, and that's very
0: important being in church on Sunday morning, I'm, I'm a pastor. I, mm-hmm. I want yeah, all my yeah. people there every Sunday if they can be there. But at the same time, how many revivals happened outside <laughs> of a church building, a church service? Uh, the first Great Awakening, the second Great Awakening. When this country was first settled, there weren't even buildings to go, to go to. <laughs> yeah, you know, there was family devotions. There was, and with the coronavirus and all the things that are going on, we've had to change even the idea of what church is. I love this podcast because I can't share everything we share with each other and with people who are watching on Sunday morning. It's, mm-hmm. it's too hard. Yeah. So uh, I think God is just changing some things up, and we don't have to fear being a minority. Uh, in some ways, that our Christianity can be pure. Now, I'm not saying. Make yourself a minority and, and give up all your power yeah. and rights because I, I just gave the example where Islam will wipe you out completely. <laughs> so th- there's a balance. and.
1: Uh, well, and there, there are also, <laughs> just to be fair, there are Muslims out there that would that take issue with what you just said, right? <laughs> right, right and right. so we got to be careful of that. Uh, I think I was just having a conversation with somebody uh, very recently that was saying, yeah, yeah, my – Muslim friend they were telling me about their Muslim friend who was just as offended by some of the thing I think there was a beheading in Austria recently right 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 and uh oh yeah there's go- different
0: schools of islam there's uh some schools where the christians paid taxes they didn't they weren't killed they weren't wiped out
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: and when i talked about the nestorians and people like that they were working closely with muslims academically politically one might hold this office one might hold that office the next year they switch offices and yeah, lots of peace and harmony, and Islam uh, for for a season when Europe was in the dark ages, Islam was prospering and, and helping the wor- world with mm-hmm. uh, invention, yeah. inventions and things like that.
1: <clears throat> that was that was mostly just an aside, the, yeah. <laughs> but I think the the coziness of church and state is a problem. In Islam, I mean, it's not really a coziness. Oh, that, it's that, an outright— That's like, a theocracy. Theocracy, yeah. Yeah. But then—and and you see how how that works, and, and in, in some places, it don't work all that well. Right, right. <laughs> but then you've got the Reformation. But, but I does mean,
0: Christian theocracy work either? Uh, well, that's exactly right. <laughs> so
1: we were talking about Constantine. We are talking about popes. You know, eventually, it turns out, around Martin Luther's time, the 16th century, 1517, uh, we just had Halloween And, uh, you know, a lot of you celebrate by uh, knocking on doors and and Mm -hmm. getting candy. But actually, Christians should celebrate the uncovering of the rediscovery of the gospel. That's when Martin Luther, mm -hmm. you know, nails his uh, 95 (laughs) theses, his 95 points of uh, debate that he wants to debate with uh, the Pope and with other Mm -hmm. scholars of his day. Mm -hmm. And it just all hell breaks loose when he does that because what he didn't realize at the time i don't think you know as he's putting this up there he's mm-hmm. he thinks he's telling the pope oh you know pope uh, you know <laughs> my lord like <laughs> i don't know if you realize this but people are taking advantage of the poor right and and the average person by selling them these indulgences and and indulgence was just a thing to say, hey, you just bought a get-out-of-hell-free card, essentially. You got you just bought forgiveness for yourself or a loved one or a deceased loved one. Mm-hmm. And and he didn't realize at the time how embedded the church was with the government right? and how connected they were. Because
0: the pope is worried about the Turks nipping yep. on the borders of Europe. He's like Luther. He, he might even listen to Luther. Mm-hmm. Because there was a, a Catholic, uh, what do you call it, Reformation later on. Maybe there would have been more unity between the two of them if they understood all these other geopolitical yeah. things that were going on. Yeah. so
1: it's uh, <clears throat> it, It's not good <laughs> when these things overlap. The Reformation mm-hmm. actually, Martin Luther developed a lot of, kind of uh, revolutionary theology in a lot of areas you know he's got his doctrine of vocation Mm -hmm. where he basically said that uh, you are serving god as much as a mom changing a baby's diaper as the priest is consecrating the mass up on the altar Mm -hmm. uh you know communion doing communion up on the altar which was like (gasps) like i mean they were probably (laughs) enraged by that but he also came with this idea, the two kingdoms. I don't know if you mm-hmm. have you ever come across two kingdoms theology? Oh, yeah. So no, Anabaptists like them two kingdoms. They do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, the idea I think with that theology is essentially saying it's not that government is bad and it's not that government doesn't have a role. I mean it, it has a role mm-hmm. and we should be involved in it. I mean the Bible is full of his people being involved in the governing of nations, right? I mean, uh, Joseph, Pharaoh's uh, right-hand man, Mm -hmm. and you get Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. I mean, they're all up in the government of a foreign nation, too, and they're creating influence.
0: Joseph, largest world food stamp program ever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, maybe we should... uh, Wait till we can unpack that a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, but I, I agree. Like that that whole story does kind of fly in the face of what some would say is the biblical way of dealing with with the poor. Like there's only one way to do that and it's not to provide the, the for The church
0: them. is supposed to do it all. Yeah. That's yeah. the argument. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but, but the two kingdoms is, there's the kingdom of the left hand and that's the kingdom of the law. That's the kingdom of... Uh, government, that's rulers, princes, presidents, congressmen, mm-hmm. law enforcement, uh, military, all that's to to keep society from going <laughs> off the rails, that is to uh, pursue justice in some way, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this side of eternity, there will not be true justice. And, and so we're, we, we shouldn't be surprised when we're let down. But that is the goal of the left hand realm, the left hand kingdom is to pursue justice to punish those who are who are doing evil and to protect those who are victims and and being taken advantage of. but then there's the right hand kingdom, and that's the kingdom of grace mm-hmm. and the kingdom of grace is the essentially through the church, not not an organization that has a five o one c three that says right. has church in its name. But that is the realm of believers and God's people working with, you know, his gifts and, and giving out forgiveness and grace and mercy and love and mm-hmm. all those things that, you know, for us that's what we we're, our goal is on Sunday morning and that's what our goal is in ministry uh, as we reach out to people. Uh, but you can't rule the left with the right Th- those principles, and you can't mm-hmm. rule the right with the principles of the left, right. And because we're so, so the example, right? Like you don't say, right hand kingdom, right hand realm, forgiveness, mercy, and grace. You know what? Let's just go to all the prisons and open the doors. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, you know, you just don't do that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that there aren't people in there unjustly and all that kind of stuff. That maybe there are. We should let some out. I I know that's a topic. That's the only reason I throw that in there as mm-hmm. an aside. But you also don't rule the church with rules and government you know government and 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 all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. because it's about forgiveness and mercy and grace and everyone's in it's not only certain people and and it's not about and, justice. And you it's probably
0: not, know this more than me, but it seems like Luther had to wrestle with all this because first he sees the dangers of church and state affecting doctrine and indulgences and everything but then when he breaks away from that uh in germany people are start killing each other yeah <laughs> um, so the peasants the peasants or, yeah and then uh, and then all these multiple little states start forming and uh i think there were different ideas on how to uh coordinate the gospel and the role between the church and um state you had Erasmus and different people who who, who had different ideas. Um, and and I, I just say all these different names and, and situations to say we, we need to wrestle with what we're talking about, and it's been wrestled with for a long time, and the way we uh, approach these challenges of today is going to have long-term consequences. Yeah. So we really need to understand all these different issues.
1: So. Yeah, I think... Um, <laughs> Probably one of the the core issues is that I think.
0: And, and I said that also because the United States could break up into different countries. I mean, we're, we're getting I mean, to that point. It's
1: big enough that, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's big enough that that could happen. I think I heard at some point somebody even saying, hey, let's break up California into six states. <laughs> right, right. That's that's a while ago, I remember and, saying And that.
0: make Puerto Rico a state and 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 one and one year uh, there's a bunch of christians in south carolina let's say let's make this a christian state and pull out of the united states and uh, people talk this way because they're really thinking it yeah <laughs> it's not just some nut yeah well mm-hmm. and
1: i mean i don't know if any of that <laughs> is got a whole lot of uh steam behind the ideas but mm-hmm. people are thinking that way i think because mm-hmm. they feel so frustrated despondent frustrated yeah about mm-hmm. What's what's been going on and where we've been moving. Uh, so you had said something earlier about looking to the government or looking to politics and leaders to solve our problems, mm-hmm. and that made me think of something. I've actually said this about the church for a really long time, that for a very long time we have essentially outsourced our spirituality. Christians have outsourced their spirituality to people like you and me. So meaning, I am a good Christian if I go to church and the professional up front gives me good teaching, good doctrine, sound doctrine, Mm -hmm. I get a decent worship experience that is provided to me, handed to me on a platter, right? Mm -hmm. And the better that the church does to sort of make me feel God and his presence, then you know, the more inclined I am to come back and the more inclined I am to feel that I actually have a relationship with God. But then when they leave, they don't ever talk to God again the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. They don't talk to their kids about God. They don't, right? So so they have, this is again a term I've come to use. I may have heard it somewhere. I don't know. We have essentially outsourced our spirituality. Well, I also think what we're seeing, especially from Christians, is we've essentially outsourced our responsibility as God's people to mm-hmm. address the problems in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the government is woefully insufficient, uh, you know, woefully unable or ill-equipped mm-hmm. to to actually solve those problems in a large way because. Really, what we're talking about in most cases is getting at people's hearts, Mm -hmm. and you can't get at people's hearts without the Spirit of God. Right. And and so if we're going to get at people's hearts, (laughs) we need the Spirit of God, and we don't need Donald Trump or Joe Biden or whoever the next round is if we make it to another round because we're looking at the republic unraveling before our very eyes, right?
0: So, so talking about outsourcing, I think we're outsourcing the wrong stuff instead of the right stuff. For instance, we we can't pass laws to stop racism. No, that, That's a heart issue. We can't pass laws to stop all abortions, all homosexuality, all, all whatever the vice is, because it's it's a heart issue. The government can't stop people from doing, from hating, from from doing these things. Mm-hmm. But Christians and churches also like to say the church can do it all. Are we really supposed to be doing it all? For instance, health care today is extremely expensive. Some Christians say that the church should do all the health care, that the church should provide housing and food and and whatever people need. We don't even have enough money to preach the gospel. (laughs) (laughs) How are we going to provide for everybody's health care, housing, etc.? Now, yeah, my church helps people. We help people in the Lake Charles hurricane and we, we do all kind of benevolent stuff. But if every church was united in Slidell or whatever city, I don't think we have enough money to take care of everybody in terms of health care and housing and so on. We, we can help. We can do our part and we can grow those ministries. But shouldn't the primary thing we be doing with our money and resources is actually preaching the gospel? You see what I'm saying? And, yeah, you can preach the gospel through giving to the poor and things like that. But in this modern day, things are so expensive, complicated.
1: Yeah, see, I I think that uh, preaching the gospel shouldn't really cost us anything. Mm -hmm. Like, what does it cost to preach the gospel? And then preaching the gospel, who are we preaching to? Right. Right. We're not preaching to the people that need to hear it the most. Right, mm-hmm. the people that don't have it yet, right? And I actually, I mean, again, I th- I actually think the church could do it, mm-hmm. because the church has done it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So my question, the question that keeps coming up in my own mind, is like, why aren't we? Mm-hmm. Because our healthcare system is literally an invention of the church,
0: right? <laughs> oh yeah, the prison system, right? er- everything. Yeah.
1: Everything mm-hmm. is uh, academia, all the Harvard, Harvard everything Yale, mm-hmm. that. That is a part of our society, and it wasn't like the the government did it. I mean, these were Christians that just did it, and people that had enormous wealth, particularly left so much of it behind for that, or used so much of it during their own lifetimes for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the fact of the matter is, is that when the church does it, they do it far better. Mm-hmm. So when you look back at the Roman Empire, there I, there's a book I I uh, read, I think it's uh, Bless the World or Surprise the World is what it's called, um, and it's about basically living missionly. It's a really small little book. It's a good book. It's kind of the daily habits of missional living. And he actually quotes a couple of uh, historical accounts of 2nd, 3rd century Roman Empire, something like that, where the christians are doing such a good job taking care of the poor that it is making the emperor really mad
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know cuz he is worried about his power mm-hmm. because that's the only thing politicians and government can really do is is to be <laughs> concerned about their power mm-hmm. they all, that's how it defaults to that no matter what right. they may do good things and god certainly mm-hmm. uses them and and uh, romans 13 when we're talking about those two kingdoms God does use government. He's instituted government. Whoever becomes president is God's anointed person for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, they did such a good job, it it upset him so much that he said to his aides, basically, like, come on, serve the poor, will you? Th- mm-hmm. These Christians are making me look bad. Right. And they just couldn't match what the Christians did because Christians did it. Again, we're talking about heart, right? Mm-hmm. They did it out of the love and joy of Jesus, uh, out of the Holy Spirit's overflowing love and power in their hearts. And it was just not the same thing. And
0: So so scriptures that say we, we should pay taxes, custom to whom custom is due. I'm not saying we shouldn't pay what, taxes. What, what does that cover and what does it not cover? I think that's where the debates are. Yes,
1: so I, I would say that the Bible doesn't necessarily say I'm, what I'm saying. I don't think I, I'm not saying like okay, so God said the church should just do it all and mm-hmm. the government should never have a role. You know, we talked about Joseph. You talked about the first ever. How did you say it? The food stamp, <laughs> the, the program, largest world, largest world food, food stamp program programing. ever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I definitely agree with you. The church does it better. Yeah, I'm just saying, can we do it all?
1: And, well, the I, I, I guess the answer to that question right now is, of course we can't, we're not. And that's why people are asking the government to
0: Especially if you're not in a, a promised land. Mm-hmm. If you're a Joseph in Egypt or a Daniel in Babylon, if you're the minority, if the gospel hasn't spread, if, if, if there's not a lot of disciples of Jesus Christ, how can we accomplish a lot of these things without yeah. working with the forces that be?
1: That's a good point. So maybe we are getting to a point where there's not enough of us to pull it off. Mm-hmm. But I still think that what if, you know, what if what if we did pool our resources and we did big things? You know, I mean, just this is kind of like a big deal. You and me sitting in a room talking about this stuff because right. we're not – from the same denomination, we're not from the same background, uh, not from the same area, not, I mean, just so many. Mm-hmm. And here we are, yeah. we're trying to talk about these things, wrestle with these things, and all for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Where are the other church? I actually had this conversation with some staff earlier. You know, we're, we're reading through this book called Kingdom Come and talking about how we can be instruments of God's kingdom at work in the world. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about these kind of parachurch things and where is God already at work? And instead of trying to reinvent the wheel, let's jump on board with what someone else is. And then all of a sudden now we're talking about like, well, but do they want our help? Or are they going to get territorial? <laughs> mm-hmm. or are they going to want it their way or the highway? It, mm-hmm. You know? And you're just like, oh, <laughs> and, and so maybe that is, hey, guys, because we just haven't been able to get along for so long. You know, we, we are going to have to look more to the government or, or to something like that. I don't know.
0: I think it goes back to the Constantine Catholic Orthodox, all this history stuff I talked about. There's pros and cons. You're going to have more unity if the church and state are working together mm-hmm. and you can get more things done in the natural. But does that water down the gospel? That Does that hurt us? So, so that's what I kind of meant by the outsourcing. Uh, you know, if one person we know has a child that needs brain surgery and it costs five hundred thousand dollars, do do we want the church responsible for paying five hundred? With five hundred thousand dollars, you could do a lot of missionary work in India, Egypt, mm, America. Yeah. I could do it with youth. You know, that's what I meant by the how. Do, how do we figure okay, out this yeah. this outsourcing? Yeah it's, it's, it's something definitely to wrestle with.
1: Well, I think the, the first thing is, you know, again, part, part of my story was, Hey, I had these ideas. I thought they were like, this is all what God wants and this is the way to do it. And, and I thought for a long time that what I believed was the right thing. And this was God's way it wasn't just what I thought. It was mm-hmm. God's way, right? That's what made it right, correct, right. Right? The, the, the best. And, and then I just, you know what? Maybe not.
0: <laughs> I think back in the day, America functioned better politically because somebody might vote for a Republican as a senator and a Democrat as the president or vice versa because they thought that was the best person in terms of character and positions. Mm-hmm. Today, people are are just looking at partisan issues and just totally ignore the character. Yeah. Or they look at charisma. (laughs) This person's charismatic. We like him. He motivates us. He ain't got no character, but that's okay. He's motivating the troops. I mean, charisma without character is a catastrophe.
1: Yeah, you had that on your... uh... Right.
0: But teachings are important, too. You could be the nicest guy in the world and and uniting all kind of people, but your policies are disastrous. I just think before this div- divisive time, people had a little more discernment. They'd pick this guy, or they wouldn't pick this guy or woman. They they didn't just lock, stock, and barrel, swallow the whole ench- enchilada, and and just vote straight ticket. Um, they, they they looked at people, you know. They they, they tried to figure things out. And, and today, uh, people are just harding hardening into different camps and. You have to vote a straight ticket, and you have to think a certain way, and that, that's why we're at a stalemate, and I think God has allowed it because we're trying to solve too many problems through the political process instead of through the church, through the gospel, and God's showing us, look, it's a dead end. No, yeah. no, nobody's getting anything done. Ne- neither side is really getting things accomplished, whereas before, each side, I think, did get some things accomplished. that. That there was some compromise, and you didn't always get what you wanted, but you got at least something. Today, people are frustrated because they're not getting anything. <laughs> yeah, There's no give and take.
1: Which, interestingly mm-hmm. enough, is actually the way this whole thing was designed to operate.
0: Checks and balances.
1: Yeah. It, like, they didn't actually believe in democracy. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yep, yep. They, they said, people are easily swayed, mm-hmm. and we don't trust them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they They... There's, uh, I think, James Madison is the guy who said, uh, although he's probably not the only one, the requirement for virtuous people to make it actually work, like it actually requires the people to be uh, virtuous, to be moral, yeah, moral, to be ethical, to be, you know, able to work in in these kinds of systems for the whole system to work. Um, but that's why we have an electoral college. That's why we have a Senate, right? We don't just have the House of Representatives that is supposed to be representative of the people in, uh, you know, based on population, we have this Senate thing because we say, well, yeah, but what about the minority group? What about the smaller States or the less populated States or the, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody gets a say here Right. and they put that as kind of like a, ca- uh, uh, uh you know, a stopgap for whatever might be coming up from the masses. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then the electoral college itself is just like, it's the same idea. It's, it's uh, it's
0: scripture. It's scripture. Uh, God is lawgiver, King and judge. And there's pros and cons to the judiciary having an impact on our society. Mm -hmm. There's pros and cons to having a, a strong president and there's pros and cons to having a strong house and Senate. And, uh, Every once in a while, you see a nut—that's the head of the House and Senate, or or a nutty judge, or a nutty political leader—and um, and they can check hmm. and balance each other if, if we let them. But, but we're not letting them anymore. <laughs> we're saying, nope, everybody's got to be this way. And uh, I feel it's like going to hurt us in the long run.
1: Well, I mean, I don't know. That could we could get off into some things that are probably a little bit more political american political but um there was one thing that you were as you were talking you know we've talked about government you know we're looking at government we're looking at what about maybe not so much government but political Mm -hmm. parties and i pulled Mm -hmm. up this quote you probably have come across it at some point george washington his farewell address However political parties may now and then answer popular ends, they are likely in the course of time and things to become potent engines by which cunning, ambitious, and unprincipled men will be enabled to subvert the power of the people (laughs) and to usurp for themselves the reins of government, destroying afterwards the very engines which have lifted them to unjust dominion. Mm -hmm. And so... um,
0: that's why Jesus never endorsed the party. He never endorsed the politician. He, yeah, the he,
1: scribes, the Pharisees, the right. chief priests, and elders, and yeah.
0: What Jesus didn't do is just as important as as what he did. Um, I mean, he's he's not opposed to certain people winning or certain parties winning, but he's not going to endorse them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's it's it's. it's I think one thing we're we're making it hard for Christians to do is is have their own conscience and personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. We're, we're trying to be everybody's Holy Spirit. It's,
1: uh, we're so, spiritual outsourcing, yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, that, that's not God's ways. He He wants to be able to communicate to His people in big things and little things, and uh, this factionalism is not is not allowing it.
1: Yeah. The um, article I sent you earlier—it it's uh, by a guy named Tim Keller. It's actually written in 2018. This is a couple of years ago, prophetic. and I prophetic. <laughs> yeah, well, I've heard him a bunch of times uh, say this. I've I've heard sermons of his where he's talked about this, or or times he's talked to uh, groups, conferences, and things like that. And and he, he, he's got that, and then we've got a couple of quotes that he's thrown up on Facebook every now and then. And he's essentially saying that Christians just really don't fit into either of these two parties.
0: Oh, yeah, you should never totally fit uh, in any of them.
1: It doesn't mean that there aren't Christian principles at work mm-hmm. that you could look and you can say, well, this yes, this affirms what I believe to be true, and how I, mm-hmm. you know, view my faith and how I want to see my faith at work in government and all that kind of stuff. Um, but he uh, he's got this quote: the early Christian, uh, the early church, Christian social project, was a unique kind of human community that defies categories. It had at least five elements. It was multiracial and Mm multiethnic, highly committed to caring for the poor and marginalized, non-retaliatory, marked by a commitment to forgiveness, strongly and practically against abortion and infanticide, revolutionary regarding the ethics of sex. Each of the five elements was there because Christians sought to submit to biblical authority. Mm -hmm. They are all commanded. They are just as category-defying and both offensive and attractive today. Mm -hmm. The first two views, ethnic diversity and caring for the poor, sound, quote, liberal. Mm -hmm. And the last two, abortion and sexual ethics, sound, quote, conservative. Yeah. But the third element, of course, sounds like no particular party because nobody's (laughs) non-retaliatory marked by a commitment to forgiveness, (laughs) right, and loving their enemies. Churches today are under enormous pressure to jettison the first two or the last two, but to not keep them all. Mm Mm-hmm. Yet to give up any of them would make Christianity the handmaid of a particular political program and undermine a true missionary encounter.
0: And that's why I told you before we got started, uh, like this year I voted for the American Solidarity Party because they, <laughs> sa- they sound just like that. I mean, they really do yeah. sound like that. Yeah. Now they're not going to win. And, 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 and I knew that. Yeah. And, and in previous years, I've, I've voted for other third-party alternatives because this is, well, this is what happens. If I vote for Biden, anybody who hates him will never listen to me again. Mm -hmm. If I vote for Trump, anybody who hates him will will never listen to me again. Now, if I don't vote for either guy, they're they're, they're a little upset that I didn't vote for their guy, Mm -hmm. but they're not that upset, they'll still be friends with me, work with me, because at least I didn't vote for their worst nightmare enemy. And that enables me to minister to more people, build bridges, get the gospel out there, because um, because politics divides.
1: Once I started getting this in my head from from Tim Keller, it really opened up doors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So there are, and this isn't this isn't entirely true, but you know, the left today in America, the Democrats tend to be the party with far less Christians, I think, in it. I don't know if that's entirely true. I they would certainly s- removed I would it say, from their platform at some point.
0: Well, it depends how you look at it. To me, African-Americans have the highest church atten- oh, yeah, yeah. attendance, yep. cr- Christian Christian influence, lifestyle, whatever, and, and they're a bedrock group in the Democratic Party. now.
1: But what it, percent of the Democratic Party... Well, Do when, they wa- actually when the, the
0: whites, when white people vote for Democrats, they tend to be unchurched
1: people so, for sure. So I'm a white guy yeah, so, and I know more white people. Right. <laughs> and so,
0: And if you know white Christians, they're more likely to vote Republican.
1: Exactly. But right. so what I'm saying is, is once I got this idea here that, hey, there's more to this, then it actually opened up doors for me to talk to sort of the white, non-believing Democrats. Right. And say, you know what? And, and actually, I would add one to this list. I would add creation care.
0: Oh, yeah. God because, destroys those who destroy the earth. Yes. Book of
1: Revelation. <laughs> so, but, well, and then <laughs> the beginning of Genesis where he says that he put Adam there to take care of the guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's literally why we're here. We are literally here mm-hmm. <laughs> to take care of this thinking thing. Now, when I say stuff like that, because I tend to be in more conservative circles, when I say that with church people, I know they get all like, oh, oh you're, he's you're, a liberal. You're
0: compromising with the tree huggers. He's a liberal.
1: <laughs> he's a liberal. Yeah. And now when I say that, though, I'm not saying that I think a certain thing about climate change or the way right, humans right. are affecting it. Or I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying I don't care. I care that God wants me to care about this place, and so maybe I should organize some people to pick up some garbage, and maybe I should look for ways and encourage uh, people or younger people to pursue careers that are going to help us figure out Decrease ways of doing this. Right? Okay. I mean, there's uh, something a few weeks ago I think I saw where they're they're finding a way to dissolve plastic, you know, or not dissolve, di- mm-hmm. uh, degrade, biodegrade plastic somehow mm-hmm. faster. Right. Um, and, and that
0: can provide jobs, and you know, yeah, that's yeah.
1: a good thing. That's mm-hmm. a good thing. I mean, you know, I don't have to buy into the whole tree hugger thing, right? Because I don't want to worship, right, the planet and the creation. You worship right. the Creator, mm-hmm. not the creation, right? Right. Uh, but what, you know, I started thinking like this, and it opened up doors to talk to people that were never there before. You know that that I would never have been able to. Begin the process of having a relationship. When you talk to people that are highly committed to uh, uh, racial justice and caring for the poor and all this other kind of stuff, it it gives you an opportunity to point out to them like, hey, so you think we should take care of all people? Mm -hmm. Yes. So you think all people have innate value and dignity and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Where do you get that from? Mm Mm-hmm you know and, and it, it doesn't always work but it it takes them a little while and and they sometimes know what you're doing and they don't want to really admit it but essentially there ain't nothing <laughs> aside from christianity that right. really says that it,
0: I, I go back to my orthodox church history um some of the orthodox when they see anybody when they walk up to somebody mm-hmm. instead of a handshake or a dap or whatever people do a hug they they they, they bow down mm. And they're like, why, why, why all this bowing down? You you look look like you're Japanese or something, you know. And they're recognizing the image of God in every person they they come up to. Uh, uh. Everybody's made in the image of God. Wow. The worst sinner in the world, you know, according to whoever. Um, the born, the unborn, the prisoner, the whoever. That that's how they recognize the image of God in in, yeah. in everybody, and, and that makes you pause and, and think about a lot more than the few issues people think about.
1: And when we think about those issues, specifically like the image of God in everyone, Mm -hmm. I think that might be the place that if we can get Mm -hmm. everybody to, you know, because we got one side, you know, like police, right. And, and racial injustice and all this other kind of stuff that, Oh, but what about the image of God? I, I, You know, whoever it was, you know, there's there's some of these killings of black men where people are like, you know, they're shocked. And then there's others where they're like, well, he was being bad. Like, and and I remember somebody trying to explain to me why it was there. It was the same outpouring of emotion. And they said, well, it's the image of God. Like, shouldn't we recognize that the image of God? I was like, okay, but what if we turn that around now and say the way that some of the people that you're supporting, the things that they're doing and saying are are not taking into account the image of God in the law enforcement officer. Mm-hmm. Right. They didn't want to hear that, of course. But um,
0: oh, image of God would solve a lot of problems. You know,
1: historically, slavery, a
0: black person is three fifths of a person, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. Well, that's the same argument today. Oh, it's a fetus. It's it's not a human life. It's three mm-hmm. it's three fifths of a human life, <laughs> yeah. so to speak. The yeah. Image of God ends all these debates. Yeah, you know,
1: I mean, <clears throat> do you think that a group of Democrats or a group of Republicans or you know, like we could? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I I don't believe it today, really. I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We've been in here a while. Who knows what the heck is happening out there in the world while we're talking? I mean, this is it's just crazy. such a crazy time. Mm-hmm. But what if we got a bunch of Democrats to sit down and say, you know what, Donald Trump, we gotta we gotta honor the image of God in Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> vice versa, like we get a bunch of Republicans to say we gotta value the image of God in Joe Biden mm-hmm. and uh, Kamala Harris and. Mm-hmm. Uh, AOC (laughs) and all the hated people on the left and then all the hated people on the right. And this is why I mentioned earlier briefly, just this congressional Christian caucus. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you think of this idea? The idea uh, there's like a congressional black caucus Mm -hmm. and there's a congressional whatever. There's got to be uh, Hispanic and all kinds of other mm -hmm. caucuses. What if there was a congressional Christian caucus where people from both parties Mm -hmm. who have very different views of how to address some of these things, but also recognize that all of these things are important, so it's not just race and ethnicity and uh, caring for the poor. It's also strongly practical against abortion and infanticide, revolutionary regarding the ethics of sex, mm-hmm. uh, non-retaliatory marked by a commitment to forgiveness, oh yeah, and the environment, this planet is God's gift to us and we should take care of it regardless of what any scientist says or doesn't say. Mm-hmm. Um, what if we th- they got together? Do you think that that would be an opportunity for people who, I think, are the only people that might have this capacity. It's happening,
0: so, but the wrong way.
2: <laughs>
1: how do you mean? People
0: are coming together, but the the, the African-American Christians are making allies with other religious people, mm. but it's not Christians. White Christians are making allies with other religious people, but but it's not Christians. We got to get the black Christians and the white Christians and the Hispanic Christians working together.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but do you think that they would actually, would they be able to lay aside their party affiliation and survive, right? So Because the way it works kind of now is if you're not Republican enough or you're not Democrat enough, you get ousted in a primary if right, you're not right. loyal to the party, right? right? Mm-hmm. So – do you think that could even work? Uh, and is it something that uh, anyone would even be willing to try? Are there enough Christians in either party that can actually say, Jesus is Lord, mm-hmm. not Mitch McConnell or Chuck Schumer or Nancy Pelosi or who's the Republican's House leader? I don't know. but mm-hmm. or, or the president or... Mm-hmm. You know, the current or former, whenever that happens, at some point it obviously will, but, you know, are they willing to buck the system enough to do that? Could they accomplish that? Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like it's it's what we got to do. Are, is their identity grounded in Christ in such a way, to such a degree, that that they could do that. And what what might happen if people saw, holy cow, there's a bunch of Christians in government that just said, mm-hmm. you know what? We're going to lay aside our party affiliation and we're going to try and get something done for the country and we're going to uphold these values. And, and we may disagree on how we're going to go about it, but there's got to be enough of them to overcome their party, right? Like, And I think there's got to be enough people that mm-hmm. would value that seeing that mm-hmm. right and saying yes i see that there's a primary challenger now and i see you got the other party now coming at you in in the upcoming election but you know what that's okay we're 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 going to vote for you again we're going to keep you in there cuz you're doing what we what we need what our country needs
0: yeah there's some uh if if we continue to have a stalemate over and over again in politics it might be a god thing and what you're saying might evolve and eventually happen. Uh, I, I, I know some people in a ministry, they street evangelists, and they preached in New Orleans and got in trouble with uh, bar owners and things like that because they didn't want them preaching. Guess who defended them? The ACLU. <laughs> nice. And they worked together. This very conservative Christian group wow. and, the, and the very liberal ACLU worked together. And now they can preach wherever they want in the French Quarter, the cops won't mess with them, the owners won't mess with them. <laughs> they, they came up with some compromise and, and, and it worked. And, and that's what I think we're gonna see in, in these last days. Uh, just the strangest kinds of compromises you could, you could ever, yeah. different groups of people working together. But, but you gotta know how the other side thinks. We gotta interact more. We've talked about this in previous podcasts. You gotta go to church with different types of people. You got to make friendships with different types of people, um, you know, life experience. It's it's got to be from the ground up. It's not going to be probably from the top. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad I went to college in the San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah. I'm glad I went to the Baptist Seminary and and lived in Slidell or Pearl River actually. <laughs> These are polar opposites. Yeah. Of liberal and and conservative, and and now I'm back in New Orleans and. Um, until we uh, come out of our comfort zones and start interacting with different types of people, lay down our privileges. Um, We all have different types of benefits to the system. That's why we support the various parties we have in the past. But until we uh, lay that aside, and uh, I don't know if I said this before, the the, the Indians have a large reservation in Arizona. Is it the Navajo, I think? And the president... Liked Biden and the vice president, like Trump, but they still prayed together. They still worked together to, wow. to to help the reservation. We got to see some strange stuff happen mm-hmm. to to break these stalemates, and, and that's why I do strange things.
1: <laughs> you are kind of a strange guy. I tell people but I so voted
0: I. for this person, not this person. I, I I just lay it all. I lay all my cards <laughs> on the table because people are so fake with each other. They they really are. Yeah. They they. You, you got people who will get together for a prayer event. They'll get on the media. They'll be interviewed, and yeah, we're working together. We want to solve this problem at the park or whatever. And but they uh, won't have dinner with each other. No, they disagree in yeah. fifty million different ways, and they won't tell each other. It's, mm-hmm. it's fake, you know. Yeah. I, I think Christians of different denominations should should talk to each other about their different beliefs and wrestle over different doctrines. We should talk about our different political beliefs and wrestle over the. And, and, and the image of God doesn't mean you have to buy into what that person is saying. Yeah. But you're going to learn something. They're made in the image of God. (laughs) There's something, there's some truth or something they're trying to communicate that's legit. Yeah. Now, maybe the way they're doing it or or where they end up is not biblical, but there's something there that's because they're made in the image of God.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's... uh... I like the fact that you're kind of crazy because maybe (laughs) people get more upset at you than they will at me. (laughs) Fool for Christ! Uh, Uh, I mean, if you do, I'm good cop, you're bad cop. Can we keep it that way? (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, I mean, I I'm from New York, and I was like I mentioned that earlier, being a minority as as a Christian, and then essentially having, you know, Republican conservative political roots within my family very strong right, right right like i mean holy cow i mean i like i i am not i never have been like conservative enough in that family like i i thought they were crazy half the time you know <laughs> even though i kind of agreed with them on something right yeah, yeah, yeah. uh but it how do we what, what, how what, do we what? help other people get to that point without right. taking them from hey i've been to new york I've been in St. Louis, I've been in, you know, Central Virginia, I've been in Western Maryland, I've been in Northeast Ohio, and now I'm mm-hmm. in Louisiana, Southeast Louisiana. Uh, you know, how, how do you help people? I think we got to get- learn
0: to be more neutral about things. Not, not always black and white, we always know what's right, we always know what's wrong. See, I, I grew up a, a lot of my life unchurched. So when I when I came to Christ, I was very open to all the different denominations and schools of thought, and I learned from all of them. Mm-hmm. I also grew up with, like my dad, he, I don't think he voted. He wasn't that interested in it. He, he might today, but back then he wasn't that interested. So when, when I'm first becoming a voter, I'm like, who, who are these Democrats? Who are these Republicans? Uh, I, in Scripture, a lot of times it seems like people had to unlearn before they could learn the right way. Mm-hmm. If, if we can just humble ourselves, lay aside our privileges, try to be neutral, try, try to think what, you know, how, how would Jesus respond to this you know, at, at the most basic level, be neutral. You know, how, how do we hear from God? How do I know I'm supposed to marry this person, go to this church, get this job, go to this school? You have to be neutral. If, if you just want this person because you want this person or you want this school because you'll get glory out of it, you're not going to hear from God. You're biased. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to learn to be more neutral. Yeah. Not, not everything's black and white. There's plenty of gray areas of life. Scripture uh, is not clear about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. And we should uh, realize God made it that way because He wants a relationship. He doesn't want a bunch of rules. So we have to learn to be neutral. And I, you know that, that's hard for people to do, but that's where God wants us.
1: Making, <laughs> building our lives on Jesus, not on all these other things take a
0: chance you know say things do things that might upset your own people party tradition denomination i'm not saying leave it yeah but don't be don't be in fear of man yeah. the fear of man brings a snare the bible says we got to fear god we got to be willing to uh break out of any box uh, if jesus said hate mother father sister brother i'm sure he said hate party denomination yeah. Whatever else is out there in life. For the sake of Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes you got to be a, a renegade, a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, John McCain, what, how did they refer to him in Arizona? I forget the phrase. A maverick.
1: Maverick. That's right. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah. I'm
0: talking more in spiritual terms. We yeah. need more Christian mavericks. Okay.
1: Loyal to Christ above all. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: You're not unstable. You're not wishy-washy. One day you're this, one day you're that. Yeah. But you you are a maverick. You, they can't pin you down all the time.
1: <laughs> and and we're not assuming the worst about people, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we're looking at the image of God in them mm-hmm. and believing that they have what they believe are the best interests of our nation, our community, and their neighbors at heart. Um, uh,
0: like like one show I like movies I like to watch are are like the Tyler Perry movies. M- M- Madea. I don't know if you're familiar. Madea. Yeah. Yeah. All right, on the surface, Medea is a transvestite. (laughs) I'm not that interested in watching transvestites. I I don't watch RuPaul or all these other things. That that turns my stomach. It really turns my stomach. I have no interest in uh, any of that. But Medea is so funny. I mean, she's so ungodly in, in, in one sense, and she butchers scripture and so on and so forth. But every once in a while, she says something like, it came straight from the mouth of Jesus Christ. And and, and there, I don't like the straight-up Medea movies where she's the main actor, but there's some other movies where she's kind of a side actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Meet the Browns, uh, the family that prays together. Um, they were literally praying on each other. P-R-E-Y, not P-R-A-Y. <laughs> uh, but but people who are listening or familiar with some of these uh, movies would know what I'm saying. You never know how God can, can speak to you. There, there's tradition – scripture and reason scripture is the most important if, if it's black and white in scripture we know this is right or wrong but there's a lot of gray areas so we got to develop traditions we got to figure out you know maybe we do it this way or that way we sing three songs or, or we baptize at, at this age or in this way or you got you to figure some of that out with traditions and then when tradition and scripture is still not helping us figure things out Isaiah 1 come let us reason together we got to use our reason, our logic. God's given us a brain. He's given us psychology, science. Um, they don't have all the answers. Sometimes those answers lead you the wrong way because the scriptures also say, lean not to your own understanding. Trust God in all, with mm-hmm. all your heart. But at the same time, sometimes we can use our understanding. We, we, we can reason. Yeah. So God just expects more out of us. There's, there's so much in the <laughs> scriptures that people are ignoring. They, they want a simplistic faith. If God was that simple I wouldn't worship him.
2: You
1: know. I, I'm I'm pretty tough on my kids and mm-hmm. I know you are <laughs> definitely tough on your kids. Uh, just some of the posts you put up there on Facebook. <laughs> but uh, if if we are that tough on our own kids with the expectations we have for them to kind of figure it out.
0: God's reasonable. What part.
1: about God? I mean God's got to be Trying to smack some sense into us. We got us. more
0: Bibles and different translations. We have the long history of the church we can study. We got the Old Testament. We, we, we should be more ready and know more than any previous generation. And in some ways, we, we don't know God from a fence
2: pole. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're being easily
1: <laughs> swayed by all kinds of uh, fleshly, worldly ideas, charisma, you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, surface, I think, surface, I mean,
0: shallow Christianity.
1: We could probably spend an entire one of these just talking about the way the media in general operates and how that's, you know, bad for us. Mm-hmm. Um, They're all biased. I, I think we got to turn <laughs> them off. I, I think mm-hmm. we're we're taking in too much from sources that aren't God. Right. Mm-hmm. Trust in the Lord mm-hmm. with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding or the world's understanding or anyone in the world's understanding. Uh, whether you hate CNN or you hate Fox News, mm-hmm. you know, both of them ultimately are not helping us with understanding God That's and right. his His ways, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they are in it for the advertising dollar. They're in it for the eyeballs. And eyeballs, they get eyeballs through fear and anger. Those are the top two ways to capture people
0: and and, and confirmation bias they, they preach to the choir they say what people want to say who follow those mm-hmm. bent, bents and you can't get any facts anymore you can't get any truth
1: yeah it's uh <laughs> what is truth is pilot's response right and you can okay. understand why he's so jaded mm-hmm. because yep. that's where this whole process the system ultimately leads us mm-hmm. um, wondering what's true and what's not Mm-hmm. and Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life, right? So,
0: But God's shaking everything. Um, lots of people are giving up cable. They're, they're cutting a the cord. The cable mm-hmm. companies are getting new, nervous. They're losing money. God's shaking up sports. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, I can't every, tell you how many people just don't even care what's happening right now. Like mm-hmm. there was a World Series. <laughs> yep. All right. Mm-hmm. There was the NBA championship. Oh, it was like a day or two after it was all done. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right.
0: There's also a significant amount of people who don't vote. I don't know if people realize that. At least a third or more of the population. We've had astounding numbers this year. But there's still tons of people
1: that aren't voting that, yeah.
0: that don't vote at all. And uh, sometimes, I, you know, I, I can understand. <laughs> I somebody to pick.
1: There's a good friend of mine who said to me one time, he said, I fought for this country. I'm a veteran. I've got the the wounds physically, emotionally, spiritually, all those things uh, to, to prove it. And so I think I've earned the right mm-hmm. to never vote again.
0: Yeah, I understand. And his
1: <laughs> reasoning was that if I don't vote, it's kind of what you said. Mm-hmm. Right, except you're you're still voting. You're just voting for people that don't matter. You know,
0: Pro- protest vote, <laughs> protest
1: vote. Yeah, sort an exercise in futility. Some would say, mm-hmm. but uh, he says if I don't vote, then I don't have a a dog in this race. You know, I don't. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not biased. I don't have to defend. And and that's, there's actually a lot to that. That sociologically, psychologically speaking, it is an established fact that. The human brain works to justify Mm -hmm. and find evidence to support decisions that we've already made. Mm -hmm. So if you make a decision to vote for Donald Trump or to vote for Joe Biden, you have to be aware of that so that. You recognize you're not really going to be willing to find out bad stuff ab- about <laughs> things that are going to lead you to believe that it was a bad decision. Right, right. You're gonna your your brain is going to try and hide those things from you, mm-hmm. and you have to constantly. And so this is where like is our allegiance, ultimately, primarily with Jesus Christ. Is Jesus right. Lord?
0: Nobody should be able to pressure a Christian in any way. Mm-hmm. If they if they're putting pressure on you then they're becoming Lord. Even the arguments that if you don't vote or if you vote third party, it's a waste, it's not, nothing's a waste. Those politicians are always trying to get people to vote for them who've never voted or maybe voted for another party. So they're they're listening.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Why why aren't you voting for me? What do you want? What do you need? They're they're always trying to recruit. So no matter what we do, no matter who we vote for or don't vote for, it it has an impact. You should never be pressured to do anything You, you, you don't think the Lord want you to do Uh, family shouldn't pressure you uh parties denominations
1: friends jesus plus nothing equals everything yes right i mean that we we're still going through galatians Mm -hmm. snail's pace Mm -hmm. but i did stop to talk about the election yeah yeah. i think it went mostly well what did you think you got a chance to glance at it
0: oh yeah lots of good stuff
1: okay for sure Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just a few folks have uh, expressed some (laughs) with
0: yeah we're not good at picking kings for sure <laughs> the israelites are not good they, they picked saul he, he was ahead above the crowd and uh he he wasn't any good <laughs> no <laughs> for the most part no nope. so uh but but sometimes we 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 do pick good kings but the kings are not the ones who are going to change things the kings are just a reflection of how we've changed or not changed
1: the good kings, I think, in the Bible tended to be, you know, so like First and Second Kings, mm-hmm. I think you probably know this better than I do, but uh, they tended to be people that ended idolatry, right? I mean, does that sound right? they they the good ones yeah the good kings Mm -hmm. were generally good because they ended idolatry or they they took down the high places they
0: and they did crazy stuff no we're not going to make allies even though i got a million man army about to wipe me out we're we're, we're not going to make any allies god said to do this and just trust them and play some instruments instead of firing weapons (laughs) they they did all kind of crazy stuff yeah and they were they were good political kings
1: Well, then the one, Isaiah, was a Hezekiah. Mm -hmm. He's telling, Isaiah is saying, no, God says, you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Don't make any allies. Right. And he makes allies anyway. And now Assyria is coming to get you. Right, right.
0: (laughs) And that's if we're in the majority and have power. But a lot of people fear, well, what if we get kings that aren't even Christian? God can use them too, Cyrus. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: He
0: rebuilt the temple and the nation of Israel. Practically.
1: Well, and even in uh, Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar at some point, right? I mean, with the whole Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, he's, I mean, he goes through some weird phases too, Mm -hmm. but ultimately this pagan is saying the only God is the God of Daniel.
0: And, And when did we see people converted to the faith in the Old Testament? Not so much in the promised land. In the promised land, the faith was corrupted.
1: Yeah, when times were good.
0: When times were good. Just Adam and Eve, all the bills are paid, and they mess everything up. We see people converted to the faith in books like Esther when the people you probably wouldn't have voted for are in power, Mm -hmm. and there's not that many people of faith to begin with. And that's when idolatry gets cured. Today, Jews are pretty much monotheistic. In the Old Testament, they look polytheistic half the time. Yeah. They they never really became polytheistic again since Esther. It, it got cured in Babylon, hmm. the place of idolatry, the ultimate place <laughs> of polytheism. They
1: got their fill of idolatry.
0: They saw the fruit of polytheism. Y- you know,
1: <laughs> this has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I think it's funny. I, I come from Long Island, a lot of Jewish friends, right? And I went home fairly recently, like a year or two ago. And a friend of mine who lived down the street, across the street, he he wasn't there anymore. I mean, he was he's forty. I'm about forty, not quite. And so I just went and I stopped by his parents just to say hi. Or I forget what it was. My I was at my parents and I had to bring something over to them. And I just I'll take it. And that's why I could say hi. And they're Jewish. Mm-hmm. The guy's the the president of the temple. You know, like he's like the mm-hmm. board president or something for this. Yeah. And I go in the house, and 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 the wife, you know, the mom of my friend, you know, she's showing me around. They had redone some things, you know, uh, kind of updated and and done some things with the house. She takes me into this one room, and she's like, "Oh, look, this is all brand new, and we did all this, we did that." And I'm just like, "Oh, wow, this is great." And I look up on the wall, and uh, there's a <laughs> there's like this plaque or something, and it says, "No place like home." Babylon. <laughs> it, that's right. That's right. Just because we were in the iron, Babylon. The irony of it all. I, I grew up in Babylon, mm-hmm, actually. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of funny. But mm-hmm. here's a Jewish family at <laughs> this side of Babylon. I'm like.
0: I, ca- I call New Orleans goodness, Egypt because I I grew up with my Egyptian stepdad. Egypt. And, yes. And out yes. here we started the church. So this is the promised land. and
1: uh, Well, now you're back uh, in Egypt. I'm I'm back in Egypt. So what's that about?
0: So, uh, oh, there's, there's a lot. Well, Egypt pays the bills <laughs> out, of, out of Egypt. I called my son. Yeah. Yeah. I got a testimony where I, 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 uh, I use that verse.
1: Nice. So, uh, well, Hey, we should, uh, probably finish this up. If uh, anyone's still paying attention, I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah. We,
0: we chased a lot of rabbits, but, uh, it's, it's good stuff.
1: And, uh, if you're listening to this, I, I kind of made a boo-boo at the beginning and you may not get the initial recording on the audio, But uh, hopefully you listened in to the end.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I had people watching it. I'm sure they enjoyed it.
1: Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Unspeakable things. Jesus is Lord, not Donald Trump or Joe Biden or Democrats or Republicans. Don't give them all your money. Don't give them all your time or your energy. Uh, Give it Mm -hmm. to Jesus and the things of Jesus and the things of his kingdom. Mm -hmm. So uh, God bless you. And uh, thanks for coming in again, brother. Amen. And thanks to all who have been joining us. Catch you later. Bye-bye.